Happy New Year, hitchhikers. Welcome to 2020 and welcome to Season 2 of Nostalgia Highway. The movies you know from the guys you don't. The no frills, no bullshit movie review podcast where we don't spend the first 10 to 15 minutes wasting your time talking about what we ate the other day, how it made our tummies feel afterward, or what we did the past week with the fam. I had a beef roast the other day. No, we're not talking about that shit. Let's move on here. Yeah. Oh, you said we're not talking about yeah, that. Yeah, we're not. not. I'll carry on. Jeez, listen. <laughs> no, we dive right into what we're going to review and dig in. Fair enough? Fair enough. Yep. All right, so I'm your host, your chauffeur, your Uber, if you will, the mayor, Matt Logston, and joining me for episode 30, out here on the highway, are my co-hosts. Oh, I'm Dave Emperor of the Road, and I like Star Wars. You like starting to do Star Wars? <laughs> right on. And I am the Lord Ketchum, and uh, the Force abides on that, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so without further delay, let's start her up, shall we? Let's do it. We all have our bowling shoes on. We all have our white Russians handy. So you know what that means. I mean, it can it can only mean one thing, right? It can only mean one thing. I mean, it means that the NHP boys are reviewing The Big Lebowski from 1998. I can dig it, man. I got my half and half here. <laughs> Let me taste it first to make sure it's not spoiled before I take it out of the store. <laughs> <laughs> Two men, one name, sort of. And a crazy chain of events set the stage for this modern comedy classic. The dude just wants the wrongs against him righted after thugs bust into his home and pissed all over his rug. It did really tie the room together. It did. It did. For sure. It really did. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but with the help of his hot-headed, converted Jew bowling buddy, Walter, the dude stumbles upon a kidnapping scheme that takes him all over Los Angeles. Or Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> Meeting all sorts of interesting people. Millionaires, artists, porn stars, and nihilists. All the while trying to win a local bowling league championship. I wish they would have gotten it. Uh, find out about the league bowling championship. To be honest, yeah. in this movie. Doggone it. Alright guys, spoilers ahead. You guys haven't seen this movie. I mean, my god, guys. You really should. They have a holiday now about for this movie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah? Big Lebowski yeah. Day? Yeah, something like that. They celebrate it. There's a big bowling tournament and shit. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. Yeah. Cool. In Los Angeles, California? I don't know where it's located <laughs> that, but I know there is a uh, Lebowski Day oh, okay. and shit. That's cool. I really love the opening narration that we get from Sam Elliott, who plays the stranger here, as we watch <laughs> a tumbleweed make its way through L.A., he he's another one, Sam Elliott. He he's another one that he he's got a voice that I could listen to right. speak about anything. Him, Morgan Freeman, Donald Pleasance for me, Malcolm McDowell for me. Oh man, <laughs> Donald Malcolm McDowell. He went there. Again. He went there. <laughs> hey man, have you ever heard his voice in a in a you know narration? Yeah, I think I think he's great. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. yeah, very elegant. I'd like to meet him if he was ever at a convention or something. Right. Malcolm McDowell? Yeah, man. Right He's on, top man. of the list. I know. He nice. seems like the sweetest old man. <laughs> you. I'll get him to sign something I drew. <laughs> Probably a picture of Donald Pleasance. No, <laughs> Now that, King, no. That's you, too much. <laughs> nah, that'd be good stuff, man. Can you sign it, not my Loomis? Oh, <laughs> Dude, that's clutch. I'm doing that. If he's ever at a convention, if he's ever at a convention, oh, I'm man. going that route. Mark oh, my words. That's hilarious. Hold me to it. Mm. Nice. All right. We are quickly introduced to our main character, Jeff LeBow... <clears throat> the dude. 
played by seven-time Academy Award nominee, one-time winner for Best Actor in Crazy Heart from 2010, the amazing Jeff Bridges, son of Lloyd, brother of Bo. He was in Starman. He was in the 70s version of King Kong. He was Clue and Tron, yep, Mm. and countless other movies. Starman was my favorite role of his before. Another John Carpenter. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't know that. They don't don't realize that's a John Carpenter movie. Yeah. Very good. A lot of people don't rank it very high, but I think it's one of those better ones. No, this this opening's beautiful, man. When he's in the the grocery store and he's just getting some half and half, smelling it and all that yeah. shit and everything. Then he goes, you immediately can tell what kind of individual this guy's going to be. You know, I mean, the fucking guy writes a check. He writes a check. Oh, it's fantastic, dude. And doesn't he, like, post-date it? Cause he, and it's dated oh, 9-11, yes, 91. Yes. Uh, so exactly 10 years uh, before the yeah. September 11th oh uh, terrorist attacks, which is crazy if you so, think about it. So, you know, you, you, you see exactly what you're going to get, you know, yeah. throughout this film. Yeah, just it off sets this the opening stage. scene, you know, it's just fantastic, you know. Oh, he's, he's a likable character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he likes his white Russians, uh, as we find out. Uh, he actually drinks nine. In this movie. That's, huh? that's not bad. Every and, time I see him do it, it makes me want to run out and get some Kahlua and uh, no. vodka and some half and half, yeah. No, I can't, really? I can't. I can't agree with that. Okay. Milk and alcohol, just, that's a no. I've okay. actually sat down with friends and, you know, watched this movie, sipped on some some Caucasians. And, Gently sip. Yeah. They upset my tummy. Oh. The mayor's oh, got an easy tummy. We weren't going to talk about that, were we? Uh-oh. <laughs> You've encroached. I knew the word encroached was coming out right now. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's also a bowling fan, as we uh, also soon find out. But he is immediately jumped by a couple of idiots who mistake him as millionaire Jeff Lebowski, whose wife Bunny owes some money. (laughs) He ends up getting dunked in the toilet a few times, and his rug, that really did tie that room together, got peed on by a China... Uh, Asian American. Yeah, yes. Asian American. That's the preferred nomenclature, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Alright. We'll go here. (laughs) Okay. Keep it PC. (laughs) But as soon as I see John Goodman's and Steve Buscemi's names in this opening credit, like, I I just know I'm in good hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, John Goodman plays Walter, Steve Buscemi plays Donnie, and the screenplay that was written by the Coen brothers was written with Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, and Sam Elliott all in mind. Really? Yeah. Oh, you got what they wanted. No, oh, they, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So going back to the, you know, the pissing of the rug scene and everything, <laughs> you know, these guys bust in hardcore while he's on the shitter. <laughs> and they just dunk his head into the toilet and everything. And the toilet's all milky white yes. and all kinds of shit, man. It's so... <laughs> it's hilarious, dude. I mean... It's one of the grossest things I think that can happen to you. <laughs> is having your head dunked into a toilet. Right, right. Either flushed or... Freshly flushed or unflushed. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's just... That is beyond words nasty for me. What's great is he no sells it basically. Like it wasn't like the worst he's like, thing uh, ever at all. He's, he's like, like oh, I don't know, it might be done here. Let me take another one. <laughs> so cool. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the, Where's fucking, the fucking money, shithead? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude! Oh, this movie's so great. 
But I gotta ask, talking about John Goodman, was Roseanne or Revenge of the Nerds your first introduction to John Goodman? Because I'm kind of guessing it's got to be one of the two. It's Revenge of the Nerds for me. Okay. Yeah. What about I'm you? Roseanne Cam? on that. I want to say Roseanne, but it was probably Revenge of the Nerds. That was a movie I watched at a mm-hmm. way younger age yeah. than I should have. Me too. Um, I used to watch it religiously. Yeah. yeah. I had that and two taped on. Uh, Two was a little more. It was PG thirteen, wasn't it? I think it was. Uh, I can't remember. It was a little more toned down. <laughs> it's still pretty good. Though. Yeah, I know it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I I want to say it was uh, Roseanne when he played Dan Connor, but I right I think it unknowingly was Revenge of the Nerds. What about Steve Buscemi for you guys? What was the first thing? Ah uh, man, that's a good one. That's a good question. What did I first see him? I remember him in Airheads, but I don't know if, like... That's same with me. I wasn't first to see, you know, in line to see Airheads, so... I'm not sure, but... I'm thinking it's either Airheads or maybe Happy Gilmore. Or, no, Bill... Or, not Happy Gilmore. Billy Madison. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that might be the first time I ever saw... Maybe... But I think, unknowingly, there was a movie... I don't know, maybe you guys remember this. When did Con Air come out? That was, like, 97. That was after both those movies. Okay, that's the first thing I'd say I remember him in. Okay. Because I know I watched yeah. Reservoir Dogs Important when I role. was like, I wanted to say I was like 13 or something like that. See, I was late to Reservoir Dogs. So that's like 97 for me. Yeah. So that might be it. That or like Con Air or something like that maybe. Yeah. Or Billy Madison. You bring up a good one with Con Billy Air. Madison probably, but, um, yeah, cause, but he had such a small as role. As far as being there. recognizable in a role, I think that's... The Con Air was probably the first one that, yeah. you know, he stood out in a movie right. for me. Do you guys recall a movie called Vibes from 1988? It had no. Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper in it. No. It was kind of like a, uh, they were like psychics, <clears throat> and it was like an action, not really action, but like an adventure type, you know, drama type movie. Which rental section was this in? I don't know. There was a movie that it I wasn't seen. in one we looked at. General, I think. it was. A, it was actually a movie General I watched audience, right. a lot as a kid, okay. and he is in it. But it was one of those right I don't on. think I know knew about. You know, was aware of it. Right so. on. But this comedic trio we get with John uh, Goodman, Jeff Bridges, and Steve Buscemi is beyond words incredible. The whole conversation they have at the bowling alley has it has me rolling every single time. Yeah, it's almost like a holy trinity of casting, dude. I mean, it's comic you know? gold. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get you get Donnie, you know, played by Steve Buscemi. He's he's a man of few words, I'll say that. <laughs> well, he gets quieted quite a bit. Right, yeah. Which is hilarious. It you is. Know? It really is. <laughs> Which just goes to show you, you know, Walter's uh, personality and you know what kind yeah. of person he's going to be for the movie, you know, played by John Goodman. Walter Sobchak, man. He nails oh, it. No, yeah, this I mean, might... What this, an asshole. <laughs> it, I know. Are you going to say this is maybe his best role? I think it's my, it might be yeah. my favorite. Now, he actually has said that this was his favorite movie that he appears in and said that this was the most fun that he ever had filming a movie. Right on. Okay. Cool. I, but I do I think this might be totally. my favorite John Goodman I, I'd agree. Yeah. role. Yeah. It's because he's such an integral part of it. I mean, I liked him in Raising Arizona... Yeah, um, obviously in yeah. Roseanne too. Roseanne, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Well, he's a totally different awesome. character in this. I love it. Yeah, right. I think yeah. that's why I like it so much yeah. because he was he wasn't like the you know the wholesome you know TV dad. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he had a little, he's a little more edgy, you know, but this <laughs> and he is sells from, me on it. Yeah. I'm yeah, like, totally buying into it. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good in this. But, uh, a lot of the dude's clothes in the movie were Jeff Bridges. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Hmm. Uh, including hmm. the jellies, the sandals, supposedly he still wears them today. Really? Yep. Huh. But those were his. They have a dry rod, right? That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I imagine they keep it out of the water or something. <laughs> but here's a little interesting factoid near the highway I uh, came across. According to a local newspaper in Akron, Ohio, the media sod bowling shirt that the dude wears uh-huh. is a real 1960s bowling shirt that was found in a thrift store in Los Angeles. And somehow they trace it back and they found it that it belonged to a man named Art Myers, who was the foreman at the Medina Sod in Medina, Ohio. Really? Yes. Holy huh. shit, dude. They're incredibly lucky they were able to backtrack that. I thought that was incredibly cool and a neat little Hell yeah. I gotta I gotta put that in the notes. Hmm. hmm. So they found the guy and everything, huh? I don't know if they found the guy, but they found where the shirt came from. Came from, right. Maybe on. there was like something on the tag. That'd been cool, you know, if they were able to like track him down and maybe hook him back up with the shirt and shit, you know? Right. That'd been pretty sweet. So the dude ends up he kind of figures out the needs to pay a visit to the real Jeff Lebowski for reparations for said soiled rug. And <laughs> uh Jeff Lebowski is played by David Huddleston. He played Santa Claus in Santa Claus the movie. Yeah. Oh, with uh, Dudley Moore? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right on. My grandma took me to see I, that in theaters. I haven't seen that movie. John Lithgow was in it, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yep. Okay. I think it was yeah. 85, I think yeah, it came 80, out. Yeah, 84, 85. I like it. It's a drawn-out movie, though. It's really got a lot of slow spots. I haven't it. seen it for years, but I remembered when I was growing up, yeah. the way that David Huddleston looked in that movie, that that was like, that was my Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did have a good look. I thought it was a really good look. And I still, I looking back, when I was kind of going through, you know, research and stuff on the movie, and I was looking at pictures of him and from the movie, I was like, yeah, that's a good looking Santa Claus. Hmm. Yeah. Man, he looks better than Bill Goldberg in Santa Sly. <laughs> I mean... Bill Goldberg? Yeah, you never seen I haven't seen that? it yet. No, I haven't seen oh, it Oh, he's so. got that hulked up badass, you oh know. Oh my god. Kind of, like a, what was know. that Hulk Hogan movie? Was it Santa with muscles? Yeah, but that was I never even seen that one. I remember it. He had the ripped off sleeves of the yeah. Santa. And short hair. Yeah. Yeah. And during this uh, sequence, we're also introduced to Brandt, who is uh, <laughs> Lebowski's personal assistant manservant, played by the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. I remember him first uh, in Twister. And then in oh, Boogie yeah, Nights. Yeah, right. yeah, Boogie Nights. Yeah, those, those were the first great two movie. things that I uh, I recalled him in. His bark's wound pretty tight around his tree. Brand oh, man. Yeah, his... He, he <laughs> has quirky. to be. He has He's to very be, though, quirky. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah his he boss. Is. You know, his boss is a total dick. Oh, yeah. boy. I mean, it's over the top, but it totally works. I love it. I love Brandt. Yeah. There's so many good characters in this movie. <laughs> he has such a laugh to him, yes. you know? Right? <laughs> yes. He's so on edge. Right. <laughs> Talking about his laugh, I'm kind of jumping ahead not too much, but, like, okay, whenever we have the, the bunny scene where we, we right, see her for the very right. first time, you ever catch his nostrils when he laughs, how they, they flare, flare up? Yes. <laughs> it is so fucking weird. Yeah. 
Oh man, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, man. Yeah, man, no man. doubt. I just I don't think he was forty six, man. <clears throat> Something like that. Yeah, super young, and he was really good. He was a really exceptional actor, dude. Yeah, man. He, did you ever see uh, Capote? I did not, dude. Yeah, he was nominated. Sure. I think he was nominated for an Oscar for that. Yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. Yeah, shame, really is. Did you know that the dude says "man" one hundred and forty seven times? Which is nearly one and a half times a minute. Hmm. Man. The F word in every variation thereof <laughs> was used 292 times. Fuck. Dude is spoken 160 times. Dude. <laughs> 161. <laughs> well, we get- in, well, in the scene prior, when he's talking to Lebowski, you know, he's like, you know, I. Yeah, he wants reimbursed for his rug. And right. This Lebowski is not going to have it, dude. You know. He so, is a dick. Yeah, he is a dick, dude. You know. So, and 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 you finally figure out, you know, this guy is the dude. You know, he's not the duder Lebowski. <laughs> he's duder yeah. duderino. Right. If you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. This movie is very well written. Yes. Um, you know, it and, is. It's and according to I think John Goodman. He did say that this movie. Is they said line for word for word, line for line. There's only like one or two improvised lines yeah. that was used in this movie. Was it the paraquat line? Like I think yeah. was the one that was improvised yeah. and they left it in. <clears throat> I kind of find that hard to believe because how they like kind of stumble and stammer over their words and kind of talk over each other. I don't know. But again, Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, I, they're great. Yeah, and I don't see them lying or anything to be honest, but. I don't know. I just I it thought adds that was to the mystique yeah, of the movie, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no. This it is. This movie is very clever. It's very well written. It's very smart. It's an intelligent. It's a thinking man's comedy. It is. It really yeah. is. There's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. You right. Know. Yeah. You're inter- you're <laughs> you're introduced to score like new character, new character, new character. The story evolves. Like I mean, with yeah. each scene, you know. Yeah. It's 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 almost a whodunit. Yeah, well, kind of. You know, in a way. Yeah, really, it's kind of <laughs> like who's playing who. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but did you know that uh, Charlize Theron, she was considered for the role of Bunny Lebowski? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think Tara Reid is a good... Honestly, like, I didn't realize it was her at first, I don't think. At this time, so before long, we got the pre-drugged out Tara Reid, yeah. she looked good. Yeah. yeah. It's like American Pie, mm-hmm. Tara Reid. Yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey Lebowski. He's a lucky man, you know. Not the uh-huh. dude, you know, the millionaire. But right. yeah, he's a, he's a lucky man. It's I guess. funny, but that bunny, she's a. <laughs> she's uh. What she said to the what she said to the dude. She's like, I'll suck your dick for suck your cock, cock for a thousand dollars. The dude's like, Well, let me go to an ATM machine, and draw. And he told off the guy who's writing the guy who's writing a fucking check for fucking half and half for sixty nine cents. It's so funny. It's he tells off. Brand so tight. He's like, <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. I call it the market zero scene back at the bowling alley. Absolutely. <laughs> it Smokey. Is, it is so awesome. But Smokey is like, I feel bad for the guy because yeah. like he seems like he is a totally cool, chill dude. And while I love Walter. Hey, man. <laughs> it's a league game. It's not a recreational game at all. So, this now, did did Walter cross the line as well? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, probably. 
Maybe the fact that he had one in the chamber. Maybe that was crossing the line. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> it's a league game. It's, it's, it's a league game. It's a league game. It smoke. is a league game. <laughs> yeah. Mark fucking zero, dude. <laughs> and I'll tell you, as a baseball, softball umpire, and football official, as you are too, Lord, I too give a shit about the rules. So I can respect this mentality. Right. But you got to scale it back just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You fucking market zero. <laughs> You're entering a world of pain. <laughs> You're in a world of pain. And he's all nonchalant cool about it and shit, you know, Very calm. first, you know. He's yep. like, market zero. Market zero. Calmer than you. <laughs> Calmer than you, dude. Market zero. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a world of pain, Smoke. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I think every scene that we get in the bowling alley is incredible. <laughs> If, if, if you yeah, think about it, yeah. I mean, all of them, each time. It, Every time Donnie goes to talk, you know, Walter's telling him to shut the fuck up, Donnie. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and they start <laughs> off the same every time with yeah. Donnie with his turn and knocking them all down. Yeah. He's a great bowler. I don't know how good Walter is. Supposedly the dude's really good, but in this movie, you don't ever see him bowl. Except what in the dream sequence. The gutter balls. Yeah. yeah. He, that's it, though. Jackie Treehorn. That is it, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, I did pick that up <clears> on my notes. I also love how they're sitting in the car talking as the cops are storming into the bowling alley <laughs> behind them and just... just yeah. totally nonchalant. <laughs> I don't know. Do they... Do you, are they aware or are they just oblivious and they don't care? I think they're, they're just, just in oblivious, their, dude. They're just know? in their own world. Here's the thing, I, you know, I agree. If you that. act like you're not doing anything wrong, you know... You're going to be kind of cool, and you know you're not going to be scared of authorities and shit and everything. You know? Walter in this is cool hand Luke anyway. I mean, he a doesn't bit. give a single fuck. <laughs> no, no. No, well, it's true. Only for himself, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For the most part. He does care a little bit. You do. In his own bit. way. But still, even in that instance, when he forced. still made it for... for Made it about himself, yeah, in a way, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get to that. See, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Walter. Yeah, <laughs> what a character. Through answering machine messages, Google it, youngsters. At the dude's <laughs> residence from Brant, we discover that Jeff Lebowski now wants the dude's assistance in the recovery of Bunny, who has been kidnapped, probably by the same group of people that pissed on the dude's rug. That, again, notably. I mean, you really tied the room together. Yeah, some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or so we are led to believe, with further instructions to come from the said kidnappers, according yeah. to Brandt. Hey, I just Googled that uh, answering machine thing you were talking about. That's actually what kids nowadays call a voicemail box. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Voice Look at mail. you. Yeah. Way to Because I wanted to figure out a way to interpret that for our viewers that are maybe younger than us. Again, I haven't said this for a while, but that's why you're the king. Hey. <laughs> I'm friends with Maul Bell. That's what can I say? <laughs> Something I found pretty interesting, before filming, you know, a given scene, Jeff Bridges would go to, you know, the Cohen brothers and he'd ask him, like, so did the dude burn one before, you know, he right. was on his like on his way over, I mean, did he get high? And if they said that he did, I guess Jeff would take his knuckles and just rub them vigorously in his eyes to give him all bloodshot. Smart. Hmm. But See. apparently, it, from what it sounds like, 
because you know they say, it says here in my notes is that if they said he did because there was apparently there were some times where maybe he didn't. Well, yeah, yeah, you can't. You know. Smoking no, but, joints and stuff all day. I don't know, but so. he really strikes me as the type of dude that would. Right, as long as he had it. Right, <laughs> which I think he would. Yeah, <laughs> it's obviously a priority. But we end up going back to the bowling alley, and we're introduced to one of the oddest characters, which is saying a lot about this movie, <laughs> uh, with John Turturro as Jesus taking his turn against the guys in league play. It's fucking the Jesus, man. Dude, he is out of control, man, oh, with Jesus. his dancing and licking the bowling ball <laughs> and the hairnet and that mariachi version of Hotel, Hotel California, California going yeah, on. Yeah. Dude, Which is badass, too. Yeah, it know. actually That's is. great sequence. Because, you know, once he once he does all that licking of the ball and everything, he, he throws the ball and it, it, it you, it's a strike and he just walks backwards and the, the, the music just kicks right in perfectly <laughs> yes. and shit. And then he does a spin around and it's it's. I don't know. It's it, just, it, it's just it, great. It is. And then you get those cutback scenes where, you know, you see Donnie and Walter and, and the dude and everything. Just sitting there just, unimpressed. It's like, what a fucking douchebag fucking and everything. Fucking you know? <laughs> Eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> it gets me thinking of that uh, callback to the Chris Kattan sketch. No, nah, too sexy, too sexy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What's a pederast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we end up finding out that uh, this Jesus character is kind of a sleazeball, as uh, Walter explains. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. <laughs> but in that flashback scene uh, where we see uh, the Jesus going door to door sharing that he has been a convicted sex offender, <laughs> if you're paying attention, he has a bulge uh. in his pants. And I guess they used oh, the, does? yeah, and they used oh, the okay. bag of bird seed to do that. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I didn't even notice that, but all right. I honestly, I haven't either. But it just oh, doesn't man. ring a bell for me. No, he's just so serious, you know. And and I'm surprised that Walter didn't, you know, go more on the attack with him and shit. You know, I think Walter might have been a little. I mean, he just seemed like he just didn't give a shit, you know, about him. Like, he wasn't too worried about him. But yeah. the Jesus, man, he's ready to fuck them up, you know, in bowling terms yeah. and shit, you know. Can't wait to meet him in the round robin. <laughs> His teammate <laughs> is funny. He just kind of stands there. He's just, like, nodding. Right. <laughs> just, just, it's so Some funny. random white guy. Yeah, just, <laughs> probably some local. Right. Oh, yeah. It's But it's so funny. It's perfect. <laughs> Eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> but 20 grand and a beeper is all that it took for the dude to take the job as the middleman for uh, Lebowski. And while the dude is chilling on his newly acquired rug at his place, he is yet again visited by unknown and unwelcomed guests. Yes. This time, he gets knocked the fuck out. And he has a pretty sweet, kind of trippy concussion dream only to wake up and find that his newly acquired rug is nowhere to be found. Mm. Oh man! Really tied the place together. That new rug definitely did. It yeah. did. You know, not as good as the first one, but you know, of course, it was pretty close. Yeah, I liked it. Yep. We're not going to rank the rugs here, right? We're not going to do that. There will be no ranking of the rugs right. here today, <laughs> sir. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Yeah, I have it. 
But Brant ends up explaining uh, the kidnapper's demands to the dude, and he ends up handing over a briefcase with a million dollars and an old-school car phone. Which is fucking hilarious. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's just got to carry that big-ass thing around this entire time. Yep. And he's also given uh, the instructions to go alone to meet up at the rendezvous point, which he doesn't oblige. He pretty much immediately just goes and picks up Walter. Well, he needs a ride, man. Yeah. You know? His car's fucked up. It's right, dude. And we find out that Walter has a plan all of his own involving a ringer bag in place of the briefcase full of money. Leave it to Walter. <laughs> oh, Walter. Needless to say, this rendezvous didn't go as planned. No, no, no. He was going to jump on this guy and face-to-face meeting, beat the shit out of the guy. Right. Well, they call and say, you need to launch the bag over a bridge. Right. Well, that ain't good for the plan. So he throws the ringer out, decides to keep the million bucks. And then he jumps out of the car, and he's packing an Uzi and shit. Yeah. That (laughs) goes off. Well, he's doing a tuck and roll and everything, dude. It looks like, it was, it looks like it's all like wrapped up in like brown like paper bag. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> Walter's an odd cat, man. Right. <laughs> Nom. And he jumps out of a moving car, does a tuck and roll, drops the Uzi, and it just starts firing away and shit. Yep. And dude wrecks. Yeah. Dude wrecks the car. Dude wrecks his car. I don't know who the ultimate wreck. anti-hero is or between the two of them. That's I mean, tough. They are really neck it's a, and neck on that. It's like a 1A and 1B yeah. type situation for this it movie. Because <laughs> there's certain moments where it's like, I'm leaning one way, right. but then there's other ones I'm leaning the other. But I love it. You know, at the end of the scene, you know, Walter just, <laughs> he's blood, you know, snorting his nose in a little bit. He's like, hey, fuck it. Let's go bowling. Yep. And he's not wrong. And the dude is so mad, dude. <laughs> He's so pissed. He's just astonished by what just happened, transpired here. Yep. <laughs> He's just like unreal. <laughs> and you get, and you get back to the bowling alley, and the phone is fucking blowing up, <laughs> non-stop. <laughs> yep. While Walter's calmly just bowling away and everything. Yep. The the, <laughs> the the big car phone is just raining, 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 won't stop. And you're just ignoring it. <laughs> Paying no attention to it at all. Like, it's not even happening. It's so awesome. And we also find figure out why Walter doesn't roll on Shomer Shabbos. <laughs> Shomer Shabbos, yeah. Yep. He's Jewish. He didn't know Converted. That. Converted, yeah. Right. We <laughs> even kind of get an OG, dude, where's my car bit, after they walk outside. Mm. Yeah. And they discover the car is gone. The car's gone. The money's gone. Yep. Because the money was in the car. Yep. Look at dumbass. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, now you got to hunt down a car. Right. So, the dude back at his place, report, actually. he's got two cops <laughs> in his house. The phone's still fucking going off. Lebowski's <laughs> wondering, is... where the fuck is money? Where, what is happening with the money? What's happening with Bunny? Oh, Meanwhile, <laughs> Yep. Uh, but then his house phone rings, and it ends up being Maud, and we, we are quickly introduced. Hold on, to hold on. I need to go back to the scene, man. Oh, okay. Like, with the cops and shit. You know? Okay. So he's he's giving him a list of what what is in the car and everything. He's like, you know, you know, like some credence, you know, 
uh, my briefcase, and they're asking, you know, what is in the briefcase? You know, it's just, just papers, papers, you know, <laughs> papers. Just, just papers, and what are you doing, what do you, what do you do, sir? Oh, I'm unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, these guys remind me if, if Beavis and Butt had ever matured. <laughs> That's who you get with these two. With who? Uh, Walter and, Walter and the, dude. the dude. Yeah. Possibly, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. If you can imagine a mature Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> a generation That's... before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Just the, on their level the, of responsibility and uh, unpredictability. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, Very unpredictable. But someone named Maud ends up leaving a message on uh, the dude's house phone while he's given uh, his uh, missing vehicle report to these <laughs> poor cops who just would so much rather be somewhere else. Um, and we're quickly introduced to her as she swings nude from a zip line, flailing paintbrushes around, screaming like a crazy person over this huge canvas right. she's painting. That's right. She had, she admits on the on the recording that she had stolen the rug yep. and everything. Okay, so he goes to confront her and shit. Yeah. And Maud is played by Julianne Moore beautifully. Yes, <laughs> she she nails this role. Another Buggy Nights. Yeah. Uh, alumni. Yep, it's true. Good point. And we also figure out that she is Jeff Lebowski's daughter. <laughs> and the rug that the dude took from. Lebowski's house was a gift from her to her parents, and that it wasn't yes, simp- sentimental value to right, her and, and it wasn't, you know, his to give his away. dad's to give away, even though he didn't give it away. Right. <laughs> we figure out Bunny does porn, and Maud confirms that Bunny did indeed kidnap herself, as speculated. Well, she's not really confirmed, but it's speculated for sure. You know, she think okay. yeah, it's not really confirmed yet. I don't know. I believed Maud. When she said it. Well, sure. I don't know. The way she says stuff, I'm like, all right, I believe you. Right. (laughs) I don't know. There's, like, she's intimidating. Well, it's just her, it's just the way her voice is. You know, she's so monotone and direct and very uh, witty and fast on her answers and everything. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. There's something that's intimidating about her. She's a very uh, strong-minded woman, Mm. for sure. Oh, yeah. strong will for (laughs) sure. But she's trying to keep things away from the public eye, so she enlists the dude to retrieve said missing money from the kidnappers with a 10% cut for himself. <laughs> Sounds That's like great. a good deal, dude. Yeah, if you had had the money. <laughs> but it is clear, at least it appears at the point, that uh, Brant and Jeff Lebowski are buying this kidnapping 100%, where yes. they have the conversation with the dude in the uh, limo. <laughs> and he ends up seeing what is believed to be Bunny's toe. Which is one of the best scenes ever. Uh, car stops and he gets out of the car and then um, the driver for Lebowski's coming out and everything. And he grabs his ass and he's like, hey, hey, hey watch it, man. There's a beverage here. He <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> doesn't even spill hardly. Yeah. He splashes it. But he, he splashes up once he lands in the car and shit and everything. Yep. It was a pretty good save. <laughs> Where's my money, you dipwit? <laughs> I just calmed down. And in his dude. own weird, not efficient way of trying to explain things, I mean, the dude tried <laughs> telling them that, you know, uh, hey. It's very, uh. Bunny uh, might complex. Have, <laughs> Bunny might have done this herself. But they're totally convinced that the dude took, his, took the money for himself. 
But later on, while relaxing at his home, right after he gets a message saying that the car has been found. Oh, fucking far, far out, out, man. man. <laughs> while he's smoking a joint, taking a bath. Yeah, <laughs> just relaxing. <laughs> Listening well, to he's had a whale, hard day. Was it, listening yeah. to whales. Yeah, something like that. Whale moans and <laughs> yes. shit. Well, he's had a hard day, man. He yeah. has. Fuck. He absolutely has. Far fucking out. <laughs> but he is once more visited by unwanted and unwelcomed guests. This time Intruders. It's, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. It's the German nihilists led by Uli slash Carl Hungus, who's played ferret. by Peter Stormare. <laughs> and their ferret. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And Franz, who's played by Torsten Vogues, and Kiefer, who was the red hot chili paper red hot chili peppers bassist, flee. And sometime after. Yeah, he did very well. Very good job. I might hint Flea and Henry Rollins. You know, they're right. always they're the two actors from bands and shit yeah. that you always see in movies and shit. The dude calls the ferret a marmot. It's a marmot? Yeah. Is it marmot or varmint? Marmot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just thought he said varmint. I think okay. I kind of questioned it, but I didn't really allow it to enter my mind that long. Okay. <laughs> Was the money Lebowski? <laughs> <laughs> but they toss it in his, in his tub, and I'll be honest with you, that that would scare the shit out oh, of me. Yeah, because, dude. like, I'd be he concerned... Like Oh, about yeah. a lot of things happening, like I mean, getting scratched and bit, and because I mean, I'm just freaking out. <laughs> You're gonna get your Johnson cut off, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yep, dude. they want the money the next day, or they're gonna cut off his Johnson. When he threw the ferret in, you hear it, <laughs> yeah. and then the, the dude's just screaming like a little girl, dude. I mean, it's just oh my god. Right. I think Brings I might have been doing the same that, thing. Man. You know, to be oh, honest yeah. with you. I mean, it's hilarious for sure. If it's not happening to you. I'd be backpedaling that as best I could. <laughs> Real fast. Yeah. Obviously, when the dude goes to the police impound lot to get his car, the suitcase is gone, <laughs> and someone's ta- taking a dump inside. The Credence is left, though. Yeah. As long as they left That's that. a plus. It was a plus. But the car smells like shit. It does. It's got somebody defecating inside of it. Yeah. Well, the dude's good at finding the positives in things. I mean, that's kind of what he... It was wrecked was on the one for. side. They couldn't, he couldn't open it up from the driver's side. He's like, oh, you have to get on the other side. <laughs> He's like, oh, man. <laughs> Do you have any, like, promising leads or anything? Do leads? <laughs> yeah. There's three more people back at the station. <laughs> Taking, we're working in shifts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> working around the clock on this case. Oh, God. It's so good. His car spray-painted and all kinds of shit, man. It's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> but he is happy. To yeah. have his car back. He is. Nonetheless. Briefly. <laughs> until he wrecks. <laughs> well, which is a great scene. Yeah. Another so another classic scene for this movie, dude, you know. So he is happy to have the car back. You know, so he's busting up the Credence. Smoking a joint. Drinking a beer. Short-lived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until all of a sudden, hey, man. Somebody's so- fucking following me, dude. What the fuck is going on here? Oh, it's fucking great. He tries to uh, what is he, okay. tries to launch the 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 roach out of the the car. The he forgets the damn up. window yeah. is fucking broken, shit. And then <laughs> <laughs> roach lands on his on his lap, and he starts panicking. <laughs> this whole thing's like a total Cheech and Chong scene. I mean, it, it, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> except they would have had a bigger joint. 
<laughs> for yeah, sure. A comically large right. joint, yeah. <laughs> Um, he, sorry, I love it, man. You know, because he's just screaming like a girl again, right. sloshing his beer around his fucking lap, <laughs> and then he just crashes into like trash can and a yeah, fucking a pole or some shit like that. And yep, a <laughs> poor car. But he ends up finding a possible clue where the missing money could be, where he finds a homework paper from a one Larry Sellers mm-hmm. in the seat of the car. Larry Sellers. Yeah. What did he get, like, a D minus or some shit on the paper? D plus? Let's call up Walter and go <laughs> pay him a visit, I guess. You yeah. Know? Yeah, Walter does some recon. He figures out where this Larry Sellers lives, so the trio pays a visit where they notice a brand new cherry red Corvette parked outside. Oh, somebody's been dropping some money. This, too, does not go as planned. <laughs> well, does it's anything funny, really in this movie. But thinking that the Corvette is Larry's, Walter pretty quickly resorts to Plan B after Larry stonewalls him. Yeah, so so they go to the this house, who which Larry oh, he finds out that Larry's dad or is a uh, former writer. writer for the show Branded. Yeah, but he's he in like all a, almost all the original episodes. He's in like a heavy brick chamber though. He's in an iron lung. An iron lung. Okay. <laughs> Shit. But, you know, Walter's like a huge fan of Branded and shit. A good day to you, too, sir! (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, It's hilarious, you know, but he's so... He's pissed at his son. (laughs) He's able to separate his anger. Very well. (laughs) Walter is an interesting study. You know... (laughs) So he confronts. I just love the interrogation process. Yeah, the know? kid just he's just he's got the fucking homework in the plastic bag. And he's like, "Is this your homework, Larry? Is this your fucking homework, Larry?" The dude's like, "Dude, just he knows the fucking we money? know it's his fucking homework. <laughs> where's the fucking money, man? Is this your fucking homework and the money? Where's the money? Oh God! And Larry, dead-eyed Larry." Throughout this whole scene, good kudos to this kid. I wonder how many takes this had to have taken. You but know? he totally gives but the impression zero fucks. He does not give a fuck. No, he's like you, yeah, poker face, dude. You're he's, you're not going to break me. <laughs> Which you know, nice he honestly trial, stole the damn car. <laughs> but, so Walter loses his fucking cool. Yep, he goes to Plan yep. B. Yeah, Plan B, which is to bash the shit out of the vet in hopes that it's going to make Larry crack. Well, this is what happens when you fuck strangers in the ass. Apparently, to Walter. Yes. <laughs> Only problem is the vet isn't Larry's. It's the neighbors who proceeds to further destroy the dude's poor, poor car. Right. If, if yeah, you, you think it can't get fucked up any worse? Oh wait! Oh wait! It does. <laughs> Hold my white Russian. <laughs> Meanwhile, Donnie's sitting in the car. Yeah, he has while to jump all this out. shit is yeah. happening. <laughs> you know. I mean, he probably asked what Poor the Donnie. fuck's going on, but they just tell him to shut the fuck up, right? <laughs> well, Walter would. Yeah, man. Jesus. So yeah, his <laughs> his car is completely trash. Yet they still. Go through the In and Out Burger. Yep. And uh, with the windshield gone. Yeah, with the windshield gone. They're eating. The dude's just driving, looking all pissed off and shit. Like, he just wants his money, man. Just unreal. And you know, it's just it's a case of mistaken identity. You know, he just wants his rug. 
These guys are good at selling the whole, you know, character of yeah. not being phased by what is being thrown at them. I mean, they really just <laughs> relentlessly base through this thing. Yeah. With zero fucks to give on so many levels. The interactions between them are just, they're amazing. They oh, really Walter's are. already over it, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous, dude. Yep. The dude is prompted to meet with the smut peddler Jackie Treehorn, who was played by Ben Gazzara, who was in Roadhouse. And uh, Treehorn offers a 10% finder's fee if he tells him where the money is. So the dude proceeds to tell them that a 15-year-old has it, and obviously Jackie doesn't believe this, and we find out that the dude has been drugged. Too many Caucasians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it leads to a pretty trippy Jackie Treehorn produced porno called Gutterballs, which we already briefly discussed. Right. Pretty cool. It is great, you know. The and they use great. a lot. They use uh, what, uh, what condition my condition was yes. in. Good use of that song. <clears throat> um, awesome. Fantastic. You know, All the musical great selections dance sequences in this were on point, yeah. in my opinion. Great dance sequence by the dude himself and shit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's quite beautiful, actually. You yeah. Know? And it plays beautifully with the music. Yes, it does. It works, 100%. <clears throat> but he wakes up. Well, he doesn't wake up. He just kind of breaks out of his trance, and he's being run down by police. Yeah. Who proceed to beat the shit out of him <laughs> and throw him into the office of, uh, the I guess, the damn chief of police in Miami or some shit. Or Malibu. Yeah, Malibu. <laughs> and, uh... Which is which is hilarious. Yeah, he throws a he throws fuck. a mug at his face, dude. Yes. Yeah. Stay <laughs> but the it fuck is out of Malibu. But it is funny, you know, because he's like he's ranting about all this shit, you know. I don't like your jerk off name or jerk off. <laughs> he calls him jerk off like six, seven times, and the dude just standing there, he's just like, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> he throws a mug at his face, dude. Beats the shit out of him some more. Man, what a fucking night this guy's had. Seen better days. Yeah, yeah. Before we get too far ahead, uh, back to your the trippy sequence. Yeah. Would you say this is better than any of the trippy sequences from Clockwork Orange? Clockwork Orange? Yeah. Mm, it's that same kind like of... Like what kind of trippy scenes You know, musical Clockwork? numbers where it's, you know... It's just kind of a... Well, there weren't really any dream sequences in Clockwork Orange well, no, or but anything they, like that. But they were of that. Weird they did play well, like nature, kind of. Well, that whole movie is almost yeah. like in a dream world and shit. You know, right. yeah, I guess it's just um, because it's so. It reminded unique me of that, unlike what we're used to. You know, and shit. It just reminded me of that. Right on. I wonder if it was comparable. Hmm. Right. No, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it kind of does a little bit. Yeah. yeah. After finally returning home, the dude is met by Maud, who <laughs> wants him to uh, make love. That's right. And make they do, and we figure out that Maud wanted to have sex so the dude could help her conceive a child. <laughs> and we also figure out that Jeff Lebowski is broke, and all the money belongs to the little Lebowski urban achievers. Yeah. Did you know that the dude was a roadie for Metallica? Yeah. 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 On their uh, fictional Speed of Sound tour. No way, dude. That was for real. 
and uh, he referred to him as a bunch of assholes. <laughs> Funny thing is, uh, Metallica was actually flattered, supposedly, by this, and, uh, you know, they were being referred to in a Coen Brothers movie. Right, for sure. And I guess Kirk Hammett was saying, he said in an interview that he tried to think of a way that they could incorporate that scene into one of their shows. Oh, man. Well, that would have been weird. Yeah, it's a sex scene. I don't know. Well, post Post-coitus. Post-coitus. <laughs> post-coitus. <laughs> Hashtag post-coitus. <laughs> Get it streaming. But yeah, yeah Maud, Maud bangs the dude... <laughs> And she starts like so doing, she can try to get pregnant. Yeah, she's like starting to do yoga in the bed and everything. And you're wondering, like, what the hell is she doing? I mean, we know she's weird, but you're like, what the hell is going on? And then he asks her, and then she right. tells him, and he's like, what? <laughs> Spits his white Russian all over the damn place. She, Such a she obviously doesn't scene. want him to have any ties with the kid, you know. So he's just trying to help his lady friend right. conceive now and shit, which is cool. Well, <laughs> dude, a bunch. This actually got me thinking about this. Did either of you consider, like, the psychological implications of <laughs> Maud wanting a baby with the man who has the same exact name as her father? Oh, definitely, dude. There's some major fucking deep shit going on there. That's weird. Yeah. If you think yeah, about yeah, it. it is. Funny, still. <laughs> I hadn't really considered it. In yeah. a weird way. Yeah, you have a grandfather named Jeffrey Lebowski, and your dad's named Jeffrey Lebowski. But they're two different dudes. Yeah. Well, one's a dude. One's a dude. One is the dude. One is the dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird kinky thing. I, <laughs> I didn't catch it, though. I didn't think about that. Right on. Yeah. The dude and Walter figure out that Jeff Lebowski kept the money, hoping that the kidnappers would kill Bunny, because he was, basically, he was fed up with her bullshit, because you could tell, she's high yeah. maintenance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's a gold digger. Oh, yeah. And then as they arrive uh, to the Lebowski mansion, we see Bunny's car wrecked, and she's inside running around naked, and uh, apparently the story is she ran off with her friends for the weekend, (laughs) and now she's back. All is well. (laughs) The dude and Walter, they confront Jeff Lebowski, who continues to accuse the dude of stealing the money. And Walter gets pissed, as usual, and accuses Jeff Lebowski of not even being handicapped. And he picks him up he's off his chair. He's a fucking liar, yeah. He's like, this guy fucking walks. I've never I seen... I've never I fucking seen, know it. I've never been more positive on anything in my entire oh life. Oh my god, he picks him up, bear hugs him out of the chair, and just chucks his ass, yeah. him on the floor. And, and you do realize that he is handicapped. Mm. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh shit. Oh man. And he tries to fix him back up. Oh my god, dude! It's so funny, but it's so it's it's uncomfortable, but right. it's hilarious in just that odd way. This guy know? fucking walks. <laughs> oh boy! The dude's like, "Please, Walter, don't do it! Don't do it!" <laughs> like, help me put him in his chair, man. <laughs> oh. So afterwards, they go bowling naturally. <laughs> and uh, the trio, after they're done walking, they walk outside to the German nihilist demanding the money or they're going to kill Bunny as the dude's car is burning. <laughs> there was no fucking money. <laughs> like, you're too late. We already know she's not. Yeah, so the, yeah, one of the Germans, one of the nihilists, were the ones who mm-hmm. um, sent the pinky 
to the Lebowski. Yeah, it was his girlfriend. Yeah. Yep. Which is great. <laughs> they don't believe in nothing. They just want the money. And well, then what What else? They brought a sword to that fight, actually. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy. So out of place. Yeah. And the car's on... And dude's car's on fire. Yeah, they yep. set the dude's car on fire. Yep. Which is... <laughs> there's so many things in this movie. Poor dude. You know, he just... Man. Walter's like, you know, fuck you. You know, we're not fucking giving you shit and everything. Yep. So I think they're they're wanting to, to give him whatever they had on him and shit and everything. Yeah, and and Donnie's, like, yeah. Donnie's like, I, I got, got $13 <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, poor Donnie, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and then poor That's Donnie, you know, so they get this big-ass fight in the parking lot. Yeah, Walter starts kicking ass. He fucking bites a part of the right one Nyla's yeah. ear off. And <laughs> then they end up noticing Donnie. Donnie's down. Having, yeah. He's having a heart attack, man. It ends up killing him. And that really sucks. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that yeah. about this movie. You That's hate the strange it. Yeah, it does suck. Yeah. yeah, I don't like it. Well, I mean, you got to figure the guy was never allowed to talk around Walter, especially. You know, he's hanging around with these guys who are in intense fucking scenes, but he's dealing with the daily stress of you don't seem like okay. So those are his friends, but they treat him like shit. You know, well, not the dude, but Walter. Yeah, but he still sticks with them. You know, that's got to be stressful on your life, you know, to stick with somebody and be that devoted, I guess, you know, so I'm sure, and he's drinking beer all the time and shit and everything, eating in and out burgers. Yeah. He's not in the best of health. <laughs> well, there's kind of a tell, I think, at the start of the scene, because with every scene, almost every scene we start out in the bowling alley, it's Donnie's, Donnie's taking his turn up. and yeah. he's got a strike. Yeah. This time he didn't get a strike. That's right. He rolled And there's nine. even, when they're having a conversation in the background, if you pay attention, he starts rubbing his shoulder. Right. Hmm. Yeah, before they go outside. Foreshadowing. Yeah, okay. Very Deep like subtle yeah. stuff from the Coen brothers. Like I, yeah. I I don't know. I, I like that. I really do. And it's stuff that you're probably there's honestly that I don't you wouldn't think there's catch any it way on the, like the, even agree. the third or fourth time. You right. Know, watching the film and Honestly, shit. after until I read that fact, <clears throat> I never knew that. Right on. I mean, you could see he was clearly upset when he rolled the nine and shit. Yeah, you know, it was, he's like, he's like, just well, concerned, hold up. you know. Yeah. yeah, interesting foreshadowing. Clever though. I mean, I, I like the way they did it. I thought it was very well done. But I, I just hated that Steve Buscemi's character got killed. I didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. While he was very minimal in the movie, it was mostly Walter and the dude. I did like Donnie. I liked Donnie. Yeah. A lot. yeah. So you get to the mortuary scene. Yep. And. Um, they bring in Donnie's ashes and everything, and it's in a it's in a urine. They're, even in the time of death, mm. these guys are tight asses and shit and everything. <laughs> they can't even afford the cheapest urine. One hundred and eighty dollars. It's funny because Walter he's actually got his glasses off. And it's the, the, it's the yeah. only scene. Yeah, actually, there's two he's interesting got. only yeah. things that happen in this. That's one of them. You yeah. know what the other one is. Uh, what? It is the only time that the dude acknowledges that his name is Jeffrey Lebowski. Oh, that's right. Yeah, when the dude walks in, he's like, yeah. oh, "Jeffrey Lebowski." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, keeping it professional. Yeah, no, and it's it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a it's a somber moment. It's a respect for Donnie, so, yeah. you know, and I like yeah. that. Like that's a nice. But I, I appreciate that. Once the the guy hands him the bill, he puts the glasses back on, and it's immediate. Back to Walter, you know, from the, from the whole movie. What's and shit this? And everything. Well, he's like, he crumbles the paper and, you know, just 
nice and neat. Passes back. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is our most uh, cheapest, our modest, modest. Yeah. Well, He's like, oh, can't we just? Oh, uh, Walter. <laughs> I don't think I have ever loved an asshole character more than I have than Walter. Seriously. Uh, it's like he's the type of guy like if you're friends with him you just gotta be like god why am I friends with this guy right <laughs> right but you know he has your back you know he does yeah in and a funny deep down way. In, in his funny own way. weird just machismo way right he means well he really does yeah, I appreciate him he's yeah. a Vietnam vet supposedly maybe <laughs> supposedly in his own head yeah and shit. He's just had a lot of damage. I figure he is a Vietnam vet. But, you know, okay, so, hold on. I'll, I'll say this in my wrap-up. But let's go on to, so they Being take the, Donnie's ashes and they put it in a Folgers can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they go to have their own little private funeral. Yeah. Where they say some words, and Walter does, and yeah. it is quite beautiful, actually, you know. Yeah. But he still made it about himself. Yep. Yeah. The yeah, dude's right. just standing there, and then he just goes to dump the damn ashes into the ocean. And he doesn't even do a fucking even... grass blade check. Right. Throw him up in the air to see which way the wind's blowing. Yeah, there's a strong wind that disagrees <laughs> with uh, with uh, the way the uh, Holy fuck, man. the procession's supposed to go here. Oh. And, uh, Donnie ends up going all over the dude. <laughs> oh, Again, another hilarious uh. shit moment in the movie but it's so uncomfortable and the dude finally just cracks on him he's like, he did why do you do this what the fuck is he's like everything is a fucking travesty <laughs> with you <laughs> it's a fucking travesty yeah. and he's over here smacking him and trying he's to not wrong. dust him off and he's shit. like dude i'm sorry you know and it's just and honestly i really i love that moment i love that right. scene because it's like while these guys, they, they, they are set in their own ways and they are their own individual people and right, wrong, good, bad, indifferent, you know, they just lost one of their best friends. Right. And that is, that's, that's awful. It's just like, why are you like this, you know? Yeah, why are you? <laughs> well, that's what adds that layer of humanity to these characters that yes. make them, you know, even more likable. Yeah. Over the top. Yeah. Yeah. I agree 100%, King. I do. We end up closing out at the bowling alley, of course, where the dude bumps into the stranger. and uh, Which they... we didn't discuss in the middle of this. We didn't discuss the first time that they met the stranger. Okay, go ahead. And Take shit. it. So, mm-hmm. you know, Sam Elliott, who is our narrator. Awesome. Most proper mustache in the history of mustaches. Uh... It's so elegant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Magnificent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't. I can't argue. Yeah. yeah. Tom yeah. Selleck's... Nah, Tom, nah. Sam Elliott, shit on you. Sam Elliott's the stash. Yeah. My about, mom's got hey, such a huge crush on right, Sam Elliott. Hold up, everybody, all everybody's right. mom does. I guess. <laughs> hold <laughs> up, Kurt Russell. Uh he can get there. Okay. He can get there. That is like the only one I he can, can think do of it. that would be maybe right. Okay, all right. He mm. can do it. All right. Yeah. Sam Elliott just I don't know. Yeah, I agree though. Sam Elliott's the <clears> yeah. Quintessential mustache, right? So yeah, yeah. He just sits there, and even Tom Atkins can't at the bar and stand <sighs> chance with him in the room. I mean. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Beats Tom Atkins. 
I guess. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, I hate to say it. I Do mean, we need to, like, make a mustache, like a bracket for, like, the well, mustaches? At this point, I feel like we just did. <laughs> Man, we filled up part of it. Right? So, yeah, throughout the movie, you know, once Sam Elliott is there at the bar and he talks with the dude and they're talking about, you know, he orders, a, I think, a sarsaparilla. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or find something a like that. Yeah, yeah, find a sarsaparilla. He's like, you know, from Jerry, the the, the <laughs> dude works at the bowling alley, and the dude's always ordering a Caucasian or a white Russian, and um, it's just funny because he's like, you know, the narrator's like, I, I like your style, dude, and the dude's like, you know, I like your style too, man. Yeah. The, well, back at that scene, he all, the the stranger also at like. He talks about where, like, why you gotta cuss so much? Oh yeah, that's right. He's mm-hmm. like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. But anyways, like, never mind, dude. <laughs> he just realized he's like, you know, the dude is gonna be the dude. Yep. No sense of fighting it. Yep. <clears throat> but go yeah, ahead. And at the end of the movie, you know, they're back to the bowling alley, and Walter's bowling, and the dude's just going back up to get a drink, and. Narrator's back, you know. And it seems like you know there's there's just a final acceptance, you know, that Donnie's passed, and you know we're, we're ready to move on and shit, you know. And the dude abides, and there's a little duder on the way. That's right, yeah, supposedly, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's cool, you know. Yeah. But yeah, the dude abides, right. you know. And that is actually a reference to Ecclesiastes one four, where it it actually says. One generation passes away, and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. Right on. And makes sense, if you think about it. Yeah. It's that whole, like, you know, no matter what's going on around you, like I said, like, the dude is going to be the dude. Yeah. No matter what. Fancy words. Unwavering. Yeah. Yours was just the fancy words version of it. Yeah. (laughs) And then I like how the movie closes... Because you know, it, the the camera pans back or pans forward, and then you see all the bowlers. There's bowl, on on the lanes and shit, and they're all like in sequential. Or I, I'm pretty sure. Or there's one guy who's bowling, and he he just keeps throwing strikes and shit and everything. And he that's how the movie ends and shit. You know, mm-hmm. he, guy rolls a strike. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, there's like one or two people right there, and they're just rolling and. It just strikes, you know, pain. Kind of homage to Donnie and shit, you know. Yeah. Always rolling strikes and shit. Yeah. Well, the last, uh, I, the last scene that least. cuts to the credits, you see the pins explode at the end of the alley, yeah. but it doesn't show you. Whether you don't get to, you know. Right. Right. Clear view if it was all of them or. Hmm. I don't know. I that. Even though this was the disappointment at the box office when it came out in 98, in 2014. This was actually selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress, being deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Supposedly, there's also a spinoff in the works. Yes. That is revolving around the, the Jesus character, played by John Turturro, called Jesus Rolls, and supposedly is slated for sometime this year... And John Turturro is expected to star and direct. That doesn't really. That doesn't. That was going to be my question. Where are you at on that? Him directing it. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I but it's not even going to be close to you know 
Lebowski and shit, you know? It would have to be some pretty impressive shit. I mean, his character is so minuscule, you know? Right. We're not going to have a tease of Goodman or... I don't, no, know. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Everybody I don't know. Me? That's well, all unless, I know about Well, advertising-wise, they're not saying anything about um, it. Yeah. So. That's not good. Yeah. That's like Breaking Bad without the, the main characters in it. Better Call Saul. So, right. Yeah. It's kind of like that to that. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> for me. Yeah. And I don't really care for Better Call Saul. It's not bad. It's okay. I know a lot of people like I en- it. I enjoy it. It doesn't fill the void of Breaking Bad. But I'm a Bad. big Breaking Bad. Sure. I love that show. I like Breaking Bad. I liked El Camino. That was really good, I like that, too. But uh, the <clears throat> Saul didn't fill the void for Breaking right Bad on. to me. It's a slow build-up, you know, because mm-hmm. you kind of like, all right, all right. It's fine first yeah, couple episodes, but you want to see the transformation into Saul Goodman and shit, yeah. instead of Ch- Jimmy McGill. Okay. I probably didn't give it long enough. Right. All right, fellas. Well, does that uh, wrap it up? Are we ready to go into recommendations and ratings? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, who wants to take it first? I'll go first. Do it. Well, for me, I was I was late to the party on this movie. I didn't see it till I was probably thirty-eight, and I'm forty now, so really wow. late to the game seeing it. I admit. I uh, introduced you to this movie. Yes. Really. Well, yeah. well I, you knew about it, but... It's one of those that always... I loomed. reminded you to, hey, yeah. you need to watch that fucking movie. Yeah. I, I heard I a lot of people right. say, you need to see The Big Lebowski, and, I, and they would reference it and quote it, and I'm like, I, I don't get it, you know? Right. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I'm a big fan of it now. Heck, yeah, catch him, turn it cool. on, you know, tell me about it. It's in, like, my favorites list. I mean, I would... Watch this movie once a year, probably. Oh yeah, they're just—I don't know what season it fits in, but I'll just get in the mood for it. You know, it's one of those now that's in that list of mood movies. Yeah. So, and I loved our trio of antiheroes. I mean, these these are you know the cool dumbasses. You know the, right. the dumbasses that made it <laughs> to something. You couldn't get a cooler bunch of guys. Absolutely. You know, ain't got it together for shit, <laughs> but they're cool as hell. <laughs> so, to me, The Big Lebowski is a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10? Yep. Right nice. I hear you, buddy. Great movie. Awesome. Recommend. So, this movie is obviously one of my favorites movies of all time as well. Um, it's just written so beautifully, and it's such a in-and-out kind of story. Almost kind of like in a setting of Pulp Fiction-esque in a way. A little lighter, but yeah. Lighter style, you, you know, I but it's you. got that interweavings and it's like, you know, it's just a big spider web of fucking lies and double crosses and triple crosses and all that shit. Good point. That's good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, it, I don't know, there's just, there's so much, um, you know, with the mod shit, which that, that kind of humor, you know, it's, it's a little dry and everything, but it's, it is beautiful, beautifully written. It has its know. place in this movie for sure, for sure, man. Guys, I, I, go ahead and, and uh, ring my curved bell, okay? Because this is coming in at a nine point five. Ring your curved bell. Ring, ring, <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Well, what is it? What do we call it? The uh, on the curve. Yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, curve. I know what you meant. Ring that shit. <laughs> Because uh, this is a 9.5 for me. Okay? I had a feeling. Um, I had a feeling. Like there's this. not very many movies that come close like this, you know, to just being perfected, you know, and it yeah. really is. I, 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 I have a hard time finding anything that's wrong with this movie. 
I'm cracking up laughing yeah. the entire time, no matter how many times I've seen it, you know? And that, to me, that's what registers it to a, a 9.5 rating. Yeah. Um, that's that's one thing that I didn't mention. Is this is a rewatchable movie. Oh, absolutely. It's a very rewatchable oh, movie. Oh, absolutely. Oh, well, I think anything that's a 9, I mean, that's yeah. like, yeah. But it's one of those that has stuff you don't catch the first time through, and it's important. Oh, yes, there's, yeah. it. there's a lot twice you miss. through or more. I mean, there's no way you can catch. It's it's yeah. almost like in a Tarantino kind of way where you're not going to catch everything right. the first time. But that's kind of an mo of the Coen Brothers as well. Right. They just go more comedic, sure. a little lighter. When, man, this movie is. If you want to laugh, yeah, th- this is it, man. I mean, I don't see how it could, it bombed really. I mean. This movie was ahead of its time, I guess. It's the know? ultimate buddy movie. I mean, yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Well, okay. I don't know. Ultimate buddy movies, to me, are like... Well, this has got all, every element. I mean, it's not just it a does. comedy. It does. You're right. It does. You know. But like, it, yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, a buddy movie to me is like 48 hours or some shit, okay. even though they're not Lethal buddies. Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Shit like that. Dumb you know? and Dumber's a buddy movie Dumb to me, Dumb. too. Eh, it is. Yeah. Different yeah. kind, different, different kind. flavor, but yeah. yeah, it is. It's a buddy movie. Yeah, yeah. This is, I guess, a buddy movie. You can put it in that genre. <laughs> okay. Mac and you know. me. Mac and me. Mac and me was a buddy movie. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Unreal. You brought that up. You couldn't say E.T. Mac and me. <laughs> Not on Nostalgia Highway. I guess. We, we right. go for the obscure. Right. Yeah. The obscure. Go for that deep foot. <laughs> and the motion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know that Paul Rudd has that uh, <laughs> every fucking time joke with uh, when he's on Conan. Yeah, every time, every time. It <laughs> doesn't every matter what time. movie he's uh, there to. It's like yeah, here's <laughs> yeah, a clip. To, uh, to play and everything. Whatever Advertising movie he's stuff, plugging. Yeah. Yep. he's plugging in. It's they show the clip from Mac like, and Me where he's falling down the wheelchair, bouncing down the hill. Oh my god, dude! It's, it's so funny. <laughs> and he's always got a straight face. He's just like yeah. There it that's, is. That's a good scene. <laughs> He's so funny. Uh, that's great. But yeah, so this is a almost perfect movie. I mean, this is as close as it gets for me. You know, I have a hard time finding things wrong with it. Nine point five. Run it again. There you go. What you got, Mayor? This was written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. It's rated R with a runtime of an hour and fifty-seven minutes. It debuted at the Sundance Film Festival on January 18th of 1998, and its U.S. release was on March 6th of 1998. had an estimated $15 million budget, and it made $5.5 million its opening weekend, and it grossed $46.7 million worldwide. So, I mean, it turned a profit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But not not like it should have, yes. really, to be honest. Not what was be, this movie's to be ahead expected. Of time. I think it only made that kind of profit, to be honest, is just because of the names that was tagged with this movie. Sure. You know, I mean, yeah, it's a Cohen movie. You know, Fargo, I think, I believe it already came out and all that shit. Yes. I um, believe so. Yeah, oh yeah, yes. So, you know, that, that sure went a long way. They had a reputation yeah. in Hollywood, for sure. But this is streaming on the Stars app, or you can rent or buy it for three ninety nine on Amazon Prime if you don't have it and you're all about the digital way about watching movies and not having physical copies. I don't understand that, but if that's the way you roll, buy it. Yeah. It's totally worth it. Four bucks, buy this shit. IMDb has this as an 8.1 out of 10 with a meta score of 71. Rotten Tomatoes has this at 82% with an audience score of, this might be the highest I've seen, 94. 
Dude, there is a fucking religion. So. Oh, I know. Yeah. Dudism. Dudism. Dude, I mean, of course that score is going to be high, man. Yep. Seriously, man. Roger Ebert. Here okay, we boy. go. Here we go. Oh, God. Only gave this a three out of four he's a fucking in his first review <laughs> when this came out in 98. Mm-hmm. In 2010, he re-rated it, and he added it to his great movies list. Huh. Really? Okay. Gave All it right. four out of four. You redeemed yourself. Good Can, job. Can we ring see it? what I did there? Yeah, I see what you did there. Ah. I'm saying we give a dinner bell ring out to... Roger Ebert for that. <laughs> All right, good. Nice. Ding, ding. Good job, Roger. <laughs> it's about time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it is also included among the 1,001 movies you need to see before you die, and it is... It'd be so dark. Huh? Why could it be so dark? I'm not. Oh, one movies to see before you die. I mean... Hey, man. This is it. It's just, you know, one thing. You can't do it. I have one movies to see while you're alive. I'm telling you one thing. I'm telling you one thing, I didn't name it. If I would have died and not seen this movie, I'd been pissed. Yeah. I'd been pissed for you. Yeah. Bullshit. (laughs) I always worry about that one at the Star Wars, you know, when I know there's like a whole trilogy and they're spacing it out like nine years. Right. Which you're like, I better not die in I'm like, shit, you know, I'm going to see this first one and I'm going to have to start, you know, taking better care of my health and stuff, make sure I'm going to get here. (laughs) Start going to the gym. The third one. Yeah. Yeah. Cardio. It's a reason, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a reason to live. More than some people have, Star I suppose. Wars. Oh, yeah. That's how I am with Halloween. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but this is also IMDb's number 184th ranked top movie of all time. 184th? Yes. They have a 250. That's their that's top. Pretty I damn suppose good. that's pretty good. It is. Well, out of every movie ever I made. mean, yeah. yeah I'm, <laughs> I was justifying it like that, but yeah, I think it'd be higher than mine. I'll admit... The first time I watched this, and it was shortly after it came out, I didn't fully get it. Hmm. And it kind of made me feel somewhat in the middle about it because I knew there was a ton of funny things happening and being said on screen, and I enjoyed that. But there's a fair amount of downtime and where it's kind of drawn out. And for me, at least, that, that kind of hurts the movie some. And then you add on the fact that you're bombarded with character after character. <laughs> you get new twists upon the situation with pretty much every upcoming scene. There's a lot to digest with this movie being a comedy. I mean, it's it's complex. It really is. Yeah. It's definitely one of those movies that has become more attractive to me as time has gone by and the more I watch it. As you get wiser, too. Sure. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, the main trio of Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, again, it's perfect. They are outrageously funny in every scene, especially when Jeff Bridges and John Goodman share the screen together. Jeff Bridges is arguably at his best here, I think, as the dude. The dude is the inner lazy slacker I think all of us strive to be deep down. <laughs> I mean, am yeah, I right? If he could be... Lazy-ass I mean, motherfucker. Yeah. He just he, he portrays he, it perfectly. He stays in his lane. He makes <laughs> yeah. no waves. He's just trying but to live his life. not to make waves. Right. But, <laughs> but his... Walter. It's not his friends. It's Walter. Right. <laughs> makes that difficult. <laughs> I had a dude moment the other day at the Dollar General. I was actually watching this from a review. Yeah. And uh, the wife said she was tired of hearing the kids cough. They've had the cold thing and, you know... Whatever she wanted me to run and get some Vicks vapor up, so I ran to the Dollar General and I, 
I'm on break now because I work at the school on Netflix yeah, and chill mode right now is what it's supposed to be. But, I mean, I'm getting a lot of honeydews around the house. But, anyway, I got sent down to the Dollar General. And I'm in my PJs and, you know, probably my two-day-old shirt and my Crocs. And it's 28 degrees out. I got a coat on at least. But I go in Dollar General and I hear somebody go, Hey, man. And I look over and I only see him from the waist up at first. And I realize it's somebody that... Somebody in the school, so come around to where I can see him better, and he's wearing shorts and like some flip flop things. Now he's twenty eight degrees out, and we both got our beards, and we're like you know just no fucks to give, going out into society to get a you know jug of half and half or something. Nice. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those moments that it, it made me laugh to myself, and I felt like nobody else in the world would get this but me, but right. I had a dude versus dude encounter at the Dollar General. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a little funny. laugh about it. That's hilarious. Yeah. I do that. I, I too, have a Dollar General very near my house. I think everybody does everybody at this does point. In the world, that you yeah. went into looking like a total slob? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, wearing Fair pajama enough. pants, wearing my, uh, what they call, my kids call them slides now. Yeah. I call them just my sandals. Put on a hoodie, put on a hat, out the door. Yeah, right on. Oh yeah, I, I don't care. That's awesome. Yep, we're all living vicariously through the dude. Absolutely. Like I said, he, everybody he, has a little dude in it. Yeah, you're, you're damn that. right. You're damn right. And it's and it's a good thing. And everybody yeah. should express it. When you find yourself in that moment, embrace it. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Trikers, express your inner dude. Yeah. You know, always embrace your inner Let dude. Let it cut yourself. He may not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but he's a fucking lovable one. And I love this line. At the end, when he's talking to Sam Elliott, well, you know, strikes and gutters, ups and downs. I'm not a bowler. I mean, I've bowled and it's fun, but I'm not a bowler. But I love that line. Yeah. Because I mean, that's that's, that's life. life. That's life. That man. is life. Man, fuck I it, love man. that. Can't be worried about that shit, right? You can learn something <laughs> from the dude. Every day. Oh yeah. yeah, for real. There's so many memorable scenes. There's too many iconic lines to quote. Uh, I have an appreciation for this type of storytelling. It doesn't always work for me, but it sure as fuck does in this movie. It really does. This is an absolute must-see movie if you haven't already. I own it. I love it. My biggest knock outside of Donnie dying is I think that it could have been a little bit shorter, and I think you could have still got every key integral part that you would want to get to make the movie complete. This is a, an eight and a half out of ten for me. Eight and a half. Hmm. Right on. I hear you. And I'm taking a half a star reduction because of Donnie and the whole star because it's a little long. There's some... T- the, there's some... There's some... What is this interrupting my review? You have us all beer. What the fuck? That's what, what that is. Doing? I didn't even have my fucking phone on me. What are you doing? YouTube was on. Unreal. Un- I did not fucking... Real. Hey, come on. Unreal. <laughs> shit. This shit will not stand. You all the listeners stand, on the highway of beer, too. That's, all right. That's well, how this We're going to cut this shit out, so... Huh? Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> there. Maybe. <laughs> Catch up, everyone, a beer. Cut. <laughs> Eight and a half out of ten for me. I love this movie. It's, I, I figured you'd been a little bit higher, actually. I'm a little critical of it, but 
there's just so much to love about this movie. Like I said, oh, the the moments, the scenes, the 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 lines, the quips. I mean, there's there's like I said, there's just too many. There's too many. Yeah. Well, hold on. I'm going to reference one when the, him and Maude are talking at, at at the house and at her house, and they're showing the pornos and all that shit. And yeah. He, uh, the the one was called log jamming. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the occupation of the nihilist, the head nihilist, is in that porno. Yeah, and uh, Carl Hungus. Yeah, Carl Hungus, <laughs> and he's a he's a cable repairman. It's <laughs> funny because Maud's like the storyline's agree- atrocious, and uh, she's like, "You'll never guess what happens next." He's like, "He fixes the cable." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great, man. This is fantastic. Well, Why, she's doing it while he's making himself a fucking Caucasian, right. Caucasian you know? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many, like, these little subtle things, like like the one time he was like, do I look like I'm fucking married? He holds up his right hand. It's not even the right <laughs> hand! You know? It's like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, there's, there's, a, there's an idiotic genius <laughs> with the dude. I'm just trying to help my lady And it's beautifully delivered, me. man. It really yeah. is. Uh, so many good lines in this movie, man. Yeah. yeah. Too many to fucking mention. <laughs> All right, well, that concludes our review of The Big Lebowski from 1998. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed it. Love that movie. Uh, real quick, uh, do either of you guys have anything, uh, any new to you recent watches that you've gotten into here lately you want to talk about? I saw, I'm a little bit late to the game, but I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Never too late. You got it in before the end of the year. I have qualms. Oh, that's all I'm going to say right now. Yeah, I'm a little disgruntled. It's it's definitely got a mixed bag review on that movie for sure. Um, good writing. Yeah, it's, it's beautifully still, shot. Still, still, yeah, beautifully shot. Still classic writing, but I have, but definitely not major top five QTs. It's not. It's all definitely right. in my bottom ranks now. So yeah, yeah I have, is it is I it the qualms. bottom? It. Hmm. I don't know yet. Mm. It's close. Okay. Eek. So. Yeah, I don't feel that way about it. I don't either. I I enjoyed it. I hear you. I mean, it's there is not a Quentin movie that's below a six in my collection. Oh yeah, in the collection. So I agree with that. But it's it's near that point, man. You know. Okay. Just out of curiosity, because Brad Pitt, Leo, been in previous Quentin movies. Brad Pitt's character in this versus Inglorious Bastards, which is better? Aldo Rain. Okay. What about you, King? Oh, Brad Pitt, and this is much better for me. You like Cliff Booth? Yep. Yeah, 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 man. He's 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 a badass. Too cool. (laughs) Yeah, he is. He's cool too, I know. But But man, he's fucking all the rain, dude. He's patchy. That's tough. (laughs) Yeah, he is a badass, I mean. All right, what about Leo, Calvin Candy, and Django? Calvin Candy. Yeah. Absolutely, I think I'd have to agree with you on this, because that is... Same page. That is a very unlike any other Leo role we've seen. And he he owns it, man. Yeah. He really does. Busted his hand up on that scene where he slammed it. On the turtle shell mm-hmm. tabletop. And he just kept on going. Yep. That's crazy. If you get a chance, watch that Quentin Tarantino uh, documentary that just put out. I want to see that so bad. Yeah. They have some good conversation. What's I can it only on? imagine. Oh, man. You asked me too quick. Hmm. You have to hit the Googles on it. I know. What about you, King? You got anything uh, you got into here lately? I don't know. Have you guys seen The Joker? I have. I did. I li- oh, honestly, I, did. I literally just got to that. Love the Fantastic. Joker. Man. Yeah. yeah. 
That that was a movie where I was glued to the TV. Best movie of 2019? Oh, yeah, for me it is. Ooh, okay. that or Endgame. Oh, okay. That or Endgame for me. Good answers. But, yeah, Joker's awesome. Very uh, taxi driver. Yeah, it basically um, is. Very taxi driver. Yeah. Uh, the king of comedy. Scorsese. Hear me out. Little Harry Stadling? In a way. Uh, yep, a little bit. Okay. Little Thank bit. You. That's Thank what you, you wish for... Harry Stadling was. Like, yep, little yeah, bit. I got you. Little bit. <laughs> little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, Walking Phoenix, man. Wow. Yeah. Wow, dude. I'm going to tell you right now, he better win Best Actor this year. He, I mean, I'm serious. Right on. Damn. For me. You're proclaiming I, that shit, huh? Yeah, I'm telling you, that, that was, that was mind-blowing. I hear you. That was... You're not wrong. It was. That was so good. Such a good movie. And you guys, I mean, obviously I had heard all the reviews and I it, it pinged my radar. And then you guys had seen it and told me about it like, you're going to love this. Yeah. Right. So I had high expectations and it met and exceeded. Joker's bomb. Yeah. It's great. Unlike any um, comic book. It's not... It's seen. not. I, I, you, I wouldn't even ca- classify yeah. it as a comic book. I love how they didn't... Like in your face, right. all of the nods. Because obviously there's nods to, you know, a the, bunch of shit. Yeah. But it's not like boom right. in your face. It's just, it's, it's, here it is. It's in the story. It flows. You need to well. watch it again because oh, I want I, to. I'm there's things you've missed, it. man. You know, I guarantee it. Because there's scenes that are just straight up delusions and shit. You know, shit, some of that shit didn't even happen. Yeah. And you just don't know. I don't want to ruin anything for yeah. fucking. Highway. So but no, I think your best advice, what you said, is to let the novice that hasn't seen this know it is not a comic book movie. Oh, it's not, not at all. Yeah. This is a dark. This is a. I, I think when I, it's because I told you guys when I was going to watch it that I'll let you know what I thought of it. And I think the first thing I said, I was like, "Well, that was a dark fucking trip <laughs> down a long alley." Yeah. You know, I mean, like yeah, that that was a dark movie. Yeah. Wa- Joaquin Phoenix went to a place where I'm like, he made me believe he was messed up. And I'll tell you, if I was in a room with that guy, he he, he was scary. Mm-hmm. He he made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. He really did. Just bravo. An amazing performance. It it might be the best Joaquin Phoenix portray uh, role ever, in my opinion. Right yeah. on, dude. Hell yeah. So definitely yeah. the best movie of 2019. Yeah, for me, high praise. High praise for, the, for Joker for me. Absolutely. Oh, cool, man. So something, King, it, uh, you brought up in the uh, last review. We finished out 2019. We reviewed Silent Night, Deadly Night. Is uh, You recommended a Christmas horror story. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to that. And I'm going to tell you something. Nice. Nice huh. recommendation. Not only is that an exceptional... Christmas horror movie that is one of the better horror anthologies I've seen. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, nice the way oh, yeah. the way it followed up. I'm not going to give anything away, but I love psychological twists. I love anthologies. I love horror. This pinged a lot of things. You get William Shatner, who is basically in the wraparound. He's a mm-hmm. DJ in this. He's awesome. Are he's so kind he's of a narrator. DJ. Yes. All right. Yeah, he is so awesome in this. He's getting drunk. On I have yet to see it. I heard. I did hear that the ending is like fucking phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah. it's like one of the best yeah. endings to a movie ever. 
So. Well, I don't want to say it, I mean, but it's it's a solid. I, w- I will say this: when I was watching it and it was happening, I started smiling because I knew the king totally fucking nailed it and pegged me. Like, yeah, this movie was tailor made for me. And and again, like I've I've said, like I'm not big on Christmas horror, but this is probably this this is this and Christmas Evil are my one and two as far as Christmas horror movies. Right on. Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. Really well done. Really, gotta, liked it. uh, it's a great recommendation, King. Well, I appreciate that. I got to throw "She Was So Pretty" at the high end of my Christmas horror movie list. Oh, there it you go. Doesn't get enough love, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She was so pretty. Be good for goodness' sake. The follow up. Yep. Nice. That's yep. definitely in my top. Two. That's some dark, gritty. Legit. Yep. Yeah, it really is. Shot the right creep. here. The creep along the highway. Oh. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed our in-depth analysis of this Coen Brothers comedy favorite. You can find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast and be on the lookout for new announcements and updates. And be sure to also visit the King Art Facebook page that is linked to the Nostalgia Highway Podcast page where you can find a wide variety of amazing artwork from the King himself. You can also email the show at NostalgiaHighwayPodcast at gmail.com and our Twitter name is at HighwayNHP. So there's all kinds of ways to reach us. Any input or questions you may have, we'd love to hear from you. Join us next time on January 21st for episode 31, where we review the 80s action-adventure Cloak and Dagger from 1984. Bet you there's not a fucking review of that out there. Guarantee you. I hope not. I bet you there's not, man. I, that's, that'd we, be might, a, we might be the first people ever to review Cloak and Dagger. That's worth a Google. So yeah, I'm curious now. I'm gonna have to start I haven't looked, but I, I bet we're not. That's eh, that it's not super popular, but it did have its. It was a cult following movie. Yeah, I will say, the last time I seen this, I was probably about seven years old. Huh? Yeah. So I, um, I'm looking I was forward to this. I hope I it brings back some of that kid. for you. I hope so. I'm curious to see what yeah. it what it does and what it doesn't, or if it's just basically in like watching a new to me movie. Curious to see what yeah, your reaction to. That'll be good. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that'll yeah. be fun. Cloak and Can't wait for that. Oh yeah. Well, on behalf of the Lord Ketchum and Dave King of the Road, I am your host, the Mayor Matt Logston, and we thank you once again for hitching a ride along with us. And we'll catch you next time out on the highway. Walter. <laughs> what a cut. God damn yeah. it. It's hilarious. I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> it is what it is. Very hard to God for uh, stack correction. He just lost That's by like right. less than two points. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't quite finish in the green. Better than me, though. <laughs>